Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Hey there, folks. This is Matt Welch, sports editor over at Star Local Media, and thank you for checking out this rapid reaction edition of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. Uh, Let's recap my game from Thursday night. My first game of the season took me all the way out to Arlington at um, at a stadium that I've never actually covered a game from yet. Uh, While I'm on field out in Arlington to watch Marcus open up its campaign against Arlington Bowie, uh, one of the more high-profile matchups within the area on Thursday night. Um, Ultimately, it is a game that, uh, that goes the way of the Bowie Volunteers. They leave this game for all but 10 minutes en route to a 28-14 victory in a game largely dictated by defense on both sides, plus a couple massive chunk plays for the Volunteers that they were able to capitalize on. Um, yes, the uh, you know the Bowie defense was kind of the big takeaway from this one, particularly after Marcus was able to uh, you know look to be making a game of it you know early on after scoring on its second drive of the uh, of the contest. Bowie then holds Marcus out of the end zone for more than 30 three minutes of game time and just within that span I mean you had um I mean a lot of this was kind of generated from the buoy uh, the buoy front line um you know they end up holding Marcus to only 277 total yards of offense and then you just you look at the uh, at the per play splits 9.9 yards per pass 2.8 yards per rush um they sacked quarterback Garrett Nussmeyer four times they won the turnover battle three to one they got several more quarterback pressures. I mean, it was all the, uh, the Bowie defense checked every box to, to put it mildly. Um, just some impressive work to really subdue what, what showed flashes of, a of being a potential, of being a, a potentially explosive offense from Marcus. You know, the Marauders do have a lot of talent on that side of the ball this year, but they did run headfirst into what is probably going to be one of the stingier defenses that they see all season. And head coach Kevin Atkinson expected as much afterwards. I mean, that's what he, you know, wanted to get out of this game by scheduling a, a quality opponent like Bowie, one that's been to the playoffs for 13 years straight, um, as far as giving his team kind of an early season barometer on where they need to go. And yeah, the Bowie was all too willing to acquiesce on uh, on Thursday. Um, it was so yeah. A lot of this boiled down to just the Bowie defense, the job that they did really slowing Marcus. The fact that they were able to do so, despite on some of those sacks only having to rush three. <laughs> three players. Um, so just the fact that they were still able to generate the pressure that they did despite that, um, yeah, really strong work from, uh, from the volunteers defense. And then you had a couple really big plays, um, a couple breakdowns in the Marcus secondary that helped turn this game, um, that helped put kind of Bowie back in the driver's seat. This is a seven, seven ball game, you know, heading into the, uh, I guess midway through the second quarter. And then Bowie gets the first of two massive touchdown catches from wide receiver Jimmy Valson, one that goes 75 yards and another in the third quarter that went 81 yards. Because um, there wasn't a whole lot else through the air for Bowie, and that was, you know, a lot of that had to do with Marcus's own defense. You know, those two touchdown catches from Jimmy Valson accounted for uh, 80% of the passing yardage for Bowie in uh, in the win. Because um, otherwise, like, outside of those two plays, like, it didn't really feel like Marcus was giving them a whole lot, um, just period, for uh, for the majority of the contest. I mean, you look in the first half, Marcus held, hold Bowie, holds Bowie, I should say, 
to just, uh, you know, 36 rushing yards on 15 carries. That's just a shade under two and a half yards per carry. Um, again, like they outside of those two big gains, um, you know, Bowie didn't really generate a whole lot through the air. Marcus had moments on defense, uh, particularly up front. Uh, Bryson Barber, a sophomore, was a name that uh, that stood out on the defensive line. And then you had in the third quarter uh, Ty Strauss, Jacob Minnick uh, combining to, uh, to force a fumble that helped result in the only turnover forced by the Marauders. Um, on Thursday night. Um, just kind of interesting to see how Marcus looked on that side of the ball, considering that they are breaking in a brand new defense, running a 4-2-5 under new defensive coordinator Scott Wells. Um, and then you had on offense, um, you know, like I said, the overall numbers, not the best that you're going to see out of Marcus this season. You know, 277, certainly probably closer to the floor of what um, of what this unit's capable of. You did get to see, though, kind of what was an initial look at um, how they're going to manage the run game with Tyson Edwards, who, you know, was taking over, over from, uh, for Justin Dinka, how he would fare in his first, uh, his first uh, you know, significant, uh, you know, look at action. And he ends up carrying the ball 30 times in Thursday's loss. He goes 30 for 147 yards on the ground. He also uh, led the team in receptions with five, accruing 46 yards as well. And he scored both of their touchdowns, you know, one in the uh, in the first quarter on a on a two-yard run and then another in the fourth on a two-yard run. And then you had, um, you know, Garrett Nussmeyer, you know, again, he was under a lot of duress. He completed 17, uh, 17 balls for uh, only on only uh, 33 attempts. Um, so again, yeah, you know, on the uh, kind of on the lower side of what he'll be capable of this season. Wasn't aided by uh, some drops though. Marcus had some drops in the uh, with their receivers that didn't make things any easier. Uh, but Nussmeyer passes for 169 yards, uh, no touchdowns. He did have one pick late in the first half on a uh, on a hail mary. Otherwise, um, you know, you got to see at least a a cursory look at the uh, at the connection that could uh, potentially blossom this season between he and uh, and move in uh, J. Michael Sturdivant, um, you know, early in the game to set up that first touchdown from uh, from Edwards. Um, Nussmeyer went deep, hit Sturdivant for a 37-yard gain. Um, the Bowie secondary did adjust, though, and they snuffed out, um, you know, any other attempts that uh, that Marcus had trying to stretch the field. Uh, Sturdivant finishes the game with 46 yards receiving as well. So, like I said, beyond that 37-yard catch, only, uh, you know, two catches for nine yards elsewhere. Um, otherwise, you know, the uh, the second half was one that uh, was kind of dictated more so by, again, another big chunk play for uh, for Jimmy Valson of Bowie. And then Bowie's run game really turned it up compared to the first half. Um, you know, whereas I mentioned earlier that Bowie rushed for only 36 yards on 15 carries in the first half, that output was uh, turned into uh, to 19 carries for 196 yards um, in the second half. So over 10 yards per carry for Bowie over the final two quarters they were able to eventually wear down Marcus and um, and come away with a double digit victory to open up the season and uh, yes giving Marcus a, a a cursory look on kind of where to go back to the drawing board because um, looking across the uh, the rest of that non-district schedule they get a tough one next week against uh, what looked to be at least as far as Thursday night went a much improved McKinney Boyd team you know a team that Marcus was able to get by last year uh, you know Mark uh, you know Boyd's under a under a new head coach and Joe McBride they've uh, had a bit of a a bit of an influence of, uh, of talent um, since he's taken over and they, uh, and they showed as much with a 47, not 47, but 45 to 7 victory over Naaman Forrest 
in their season opener on Thursday. Uh, that game will be uh, next Friday, uh, 7 o'clock out of McKinney ISD Stadium. Should be a solid one. We'll have some coverage there for that. Um, otherwise, yeah, that is a look at uh, kind of what to take away from Marcus's season opening game against Bowie. Like I said, a, a pretty a, a pretty high-profile matchup, but one that ultimately goes the way of the home team, the uh, the Bowie Volunteers 28-14. to uh, You can check out my game story on our website, starlocalmedia.com. I'll have some video highlights to go along with that um, probably at some point later on today. Um, otherwise, folks, hey, appreciate you for checking this out. We'll be back on Monday with another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. I'll also have another one of these to drop for my Friday night game. I'm going to be out in Allen covering Allen Cedar Hill as part of the uh, Tom Linder Classic, so be apprised of that. That should be a fun game as well. Folks, you enjoy your uh, the rest of your Friday, and I will talk to you all later. How's it going, everybody? This is Tego Raglan, uh, sports reporter for the Point of Star Courier out here at Pennington Field, uh, site of a crazy back-and-forth uh, 27-21 overtime loss uh, to Hurst L.D. Bell for Plano East. Um, you know, I won't get into the, the specifics. Uh, you know, I, I'll have a recap up on StarLocalMedia.com uh, that, you know, goes into exactly the back-and-forth and, and how all of this kind of shook out. Um, you know, essentially it was seven to seven at halftime, really sloppy kind of opening week game. Um, penalties really just buried Plano East. Uh, it put them in a 21 to seven hole uh, in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, some injuries later, uh, Ryan Faust, head coach Joe McCullough said after the game, he left with cramps, uh, Dylan Hayden, the junior transfer from Wyoming, um, didn't have a very strong night, still acclimating, uh, head coach McCullough said to, you know, Texas high school football on Friday Night Lights, um, you know, he didn't play a lot, but he split time with Donovan Henry, who, you know, in the, the six-point loss um, was was one of the lone bright spots for East, uh, led two uh, touchdown drives late in the fourth quarter, uh, one with, I believe, just under five minutes left, a 40-plus yard pass um, for a touchdown, and then another um, with literally 16 seconds left, uh, Plano East, you know, gave the fans, uh, gave the Panther fans a little bit of hope, tied the game 21, 21, um, heading into overtime, you know, once, uh, once the teams got into overtime, it was really more the same as far as the penalties kind of burying Plano East. That was really the story, uh, of tonight's game, a really young Panther team just couldn't get out of its own way. Um, they got the ball first in overtime. Uh, had to try to kick a long field goal that, that came up short um, to go ahead in overtime. And then, you know, it looked like they forced L.D. Bell to do the same thing. They did force L.D. Bell to do the same thing. Uh, the Blue Raiders had to had to kick a field goal of their own to try to win it from 40-plus. Um, and it was no good. It was short, uh, except for the fact that, that Plano East was assessed a roughing the, kin- the, roughing the kicker penalty um, that, that gave L.D. Bell a new set of downs um, there in the back half of the first overtime. Uh, like the East 13-yard line, and, and they would go on to punch it in for the walk-off, um, you know, rushing touchdown uh, in the 27-21 victory, which notably uh, snapped, I think, a seven-game losing streak for L.D. Bell. So, you know, a big win for them, but obviously a, a disappointment and a crushing blow, I think, to start the season for East, especially with how it kind of shook out. You know, once East got down 21-7, you know, it really felt like, um, you know, the Panthers, that was kind of the dagger. You know, it was pretty late in the game that that, that third score came for, for L.D. Bell, and that really felt like it was over. You know, Donovan Henry was a shot in the arm, uh, along with Harrison Record, who's who scored the second uh, touchdown there in the fourth quarter for East on a really good catch and run uh, from 50 yards out. 
so the optimism was was kind of back, and, and it felt like momentum had swung back around. Then obviously penalties again, uh, as I mentioned in overtime, uh, kind of buried East in the uh, in the overtime loss. And and that's kind of really my big takeaway as far as um, analysis. One, it's it's really hard to kind of analyze. Uh, east from this one game, not only because I think that their youth caused a ton of mistakes, uh, not only penalty-wise, but assignment-wise. Um, Dylan Hayden, obviously still really acclimating to Texas high school football, um, you know, all that good stuff. And so it was really hard to get kind of a bead on on where Plano East is at. I think this is a game that, you know, on paper they should have come in and won. Um, but there were a lot of factors, including uh, injuries. I mentioned um, – I think I mentioned the the Ryan Faust coming out, um, you know, in the fourth quarter, and that was due to cramps. Uh, Joey McCullough said, uh, Kayvon Hamilton similarly in overtime, I believe it was, came out due to cramps. But Trey Jones Scott, um, the the Panthers' star senior running back, um, you know, a lot of expectations on him this season as far as um, you know East in the absence of all those prolific uh, passing offensive weapons from from a season ago really, I think, is going to morph or, or going to try to morph into a more ball control, uh, clock management, um, grindy offense with, with the defense to back it up, kind of the, the McKinney High formula from last season that got the uh, the Lions to the postseason. But, um, you know, notably tonight, Trey Jones Scott goes down after uh, scoring East's first touchdown of the game uh, in the second quarter, a 32-yard pass from Ryan Faust to uh, Jones Scott to get down to the one, then Jones Scott punches it in. And I don't think he had another carry after that touchdown. So certainly something to monitor there. It's tough to get a read on the East offense because, you know, they never really had a chance to kind of engage the offense that they want to run. It didn't feel like they, they didn't have a chance to kind of settle into that kind of ball control possession game, um, you know, because Jones Scott went down, didn't play at all in the second half, uh, to my knowledge. Uh, so that's a huge piece. They're counting on him. Uh, tremendously to, to kind of help carry the load in that offense, literally. Um, and he had just, I think, 27 yards uh, or something to that effect before he got hurt, uh, not counting the reception. That's just 27 rushing yards. So really tough to evaluate. Ryan Faust, um, he got the start at quarterback, um, you know, had that pass to, to Joan Scott. And, and after the first half, you know, I thought that in general, I thought he looked good. I thought, you know, there's a there's a good game manager, I guess, type quarterback in there. Um, he was pretty good with his feet, uh, but obviously, you know, it, it slipped away a little bit and then, you know, he comes out with cramps. Um, Dylan Hayden looks very, uh, deer in the headlights, I guess is, is the best way to describe it. I think that the raw talent, uh, could be there, but, but I just don't know if he's seasoned enough or, or really ready. Um, you know, which leaves Henry, who I think had a really good night, but wasn't even really in the conversation, uh, quarterback to begin with. So, you know, as I mentioned, really tough to to analyze either side of East, you know, on the ball from this one game. Um, I don't think we saw enough of, you know, Faust under center uh, with, with Jones Scott beside him and really trying to kind of run um, that possession style offense that, that they want to run, uh, especially with all the penalties. It was just so herky-jerky and start and stop, and they were behind the chains pretty much all night. Um, so they never really got that going. Then the injuries came along really morphed what the offense was trying to do. They were down 21-7. Henry came in who can throw the ball and, and sling it around but was really forced to and, and thrived in it. But, you know, was that the offense that East is going to run with? Uh, moving forward, it's really tough to say. You know, the only real takeaway, I think, from Plano East, um, you know, from the loss tonight to LD Bell is is the youth, uh, is the mistakes, is, is the stuff that they're going to have to clean up 
uh, moving forward. And, and I think that we all kind of expected that, you know, a young team like that, you kind of expect that there's going to be some bumps in the road as far as mistakes and, and uh, missed assignments and penalties. Uh, some of the extracurricular, I think, uh, is maybe the easiest to clean up because that's really, you know, youth and emotion and, and your real first game that counts. And, um, you know, there's a lot that went into it. But that's kind of the only real takeaway is that East has a lot of work to do as far as just cleaning up everything and kind of solidifying, um, you know, I don't want to say the fundamentals, but just kind of uh, the details and, and being focused on, um, you know, kind of controlling what the Panthers can control. It really kind of got out of their hands tonight as far as injuries and penalties, uh, mistakes, and, and having to kind of morph to try to get back in that football game. Um, you know, but for all that, they, they almost pulled it off. You know, obviously they didn't, um, you know, but there may be something to build off of there. Um, you know, and defensively, I kind of have the same feeling I do as, as the offense. It's hard to tell because uh, LD Bell switched to, you know, the flex bone triple option uh, offense this season. So it's tough to get a read on, you know, how good a defense may or may not be. The The Plano East defense, I think, is is going to be significantly better. Uh, it should be solid. I think they have pieces to, to be, um, you know, a, a better group this year than even they were last year and, and kind of really feed into that possession style game that they want to play. But it's tough to get a read on that against the triple option. You know, it's just so unique. No no teams in, in 9-6-A, um, you know, run an offense like that. It's a very specific thing to have to prepare for. It's very, you know, grindy and wears you down a lot. Um, you know, one drive, I remember, I think the touchdown drive that tied it at seven before halftime was like almost 10 minutes. You know, that's what the triple option can do, um, you know, when combined with some penalties and miscues and stuff like that. So, Man, I, I wish I had more as far as kind of my impressions of Plano East, but but there's just not much to be gleaned, I don't think, from from this game beyond the penalties and the mistakes. That's really kind of the defining factor of the youth, uh, the penalties, the mistakes. And, and I think that, that Joey McCullough will get that stuff cleaned up. Um, you know, I don't expect that to continue throughout the year. Um, but at the same time, you know, I was, I was looking for a team that was uh, ball control heavy, ran the football a lot with Trey Jones-Scott, um, very stout on defense, and I didn't really see a lot of that tonight, but, you know, a lot of that had to do with those mistakes and, and kind of being taken out of the game that um, that they wanted to play, particularly being down 14 late uh, with Faust getting cramps and switching quarterbacks in and out um, and kind of all the chaos that ensued. So, you know, tough to get a read. Um, it's opening week. Also, you know, it's kind of to be expected. Uh, some mistakes and, and some sloppiness and, and things of that nature. Like I said, I think Joey McCullough get that ironed out. Um, but we're going to have to wait and see, um, you know, a little bit longer, I think, for uh, not only to see if Trey Jones-Scott is, is going to be dealing with something kind of prolonged injury-wise um, and, and what that'll mean if Donovan Henry kind of enters into the equation of quarterback after that performance or if they'll go right back to, you know, Ryan Faust, um uh, we'll see, you know, all of that is kind of up in the air. And I guess that's the big takeaway is to, you know, there's, there's a lot that's up in the air about Plano East and in this game in particular, I don't think really told us, <laughs> told us much, uh, as disappointing as that is, but, uh, that'll be it from Pennington. Um, you know, a 27, 21 overtime loss, uh, for Plano East to start the season to Hurst LD Bell, uh, Plano East will get Lake Highlands in the Cotton Bowl prep showcase for the second year in a row, uh, next week in an eight thirty. Uh, p.m. kick uh, at the Cotton Bowl Friday. Um, yeah, and that'll hopefully uh, give us a little bit more insight as to what the Panthers might 
really be uh, as the season moves along a little bit. But that's it from Bedford. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, be sure to check all of our recaps from this opening week of high school uh, football uh, here in the Metroplex on StarCommunity.com, and I will talk to you guys next time. The first night of Texas high school football is in the books, and for a Thursday, things were wild <laughs> across the area, uh, specifically in, in the Frisco area. Centennial, they lose to Roy City. Frisco Reedy, they almost lost to Plano West. Uh, they were down 7-3 to three at the half. That one was a wild one, but the game that I was at tonight um, was out at Franklin Field uh, in Dallas for... Frisco High at Woodrow Wilson. Woodrow Wilson beat Frisco 13-10 a year ago, and this one was the complete opposite uh, of last year's contest. And my biggest takeaway um, from this game, you know, obviously the, you know, Frisco winning 45-17, you know, with the emphatic uh, statement victory there, the blowout win over a team that they lost to a year ago. But, you know, Frisco High, they, they run the wing T offense. Um, they, they run the ball. They run it down your throat. They want to be physical. They want to be smash mouth. They run it. They, they put guys in motion. You don't know who's going to get the handoff. Is it going to be the quarterback? Is it going to be, you know, the, the guy coming from the left, the guy coming from the right, the guy in the backfield? Well, they still ran the ball 24 times uh, in the, the win over the Wildcats, but they threw the ball six times. And, you know, you, you think to yourself, well, six times, that's not a lot. Well, for Frisco High, that that actually is. Um, Kari Green, Frisco High junior quarterback, he is, you know, in his first year as a quarterback, he's bounced around from various positions, um, playing now, making the move to the quarterback position. He had a great, great offseason at 7-on-7, led Frisco to its first ever state 7-on-7 appearance um, this past spring slash summer, and he shined uh, tonight in the win, he was 6-for-6, six six, 120 yards, two touchdowns. He started off the game with a 29-yard touchdown strike to Chase Lowry. That was just moments after Frisco started off the game with a safety. <laughs> Woodrow Wilson, uh, you know, started off the game, you know, you know, shooting themselves in the foot. You know, couldn't even, you know, take the kickoff past the two-yard line. They started at their own two, went three and out, bobbled the, 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 the punt attempt, and for a safety, went through the back of the end zone, and then that's all she wrote. That kind of set the tone for the rest of the night for the Raccoons. It also helped that Frisco had four interceptions in this game. They didn't produce a single interception two years ago in 2017 when Frisco went 0-10, and they had four on opening night against Woodrow Wilson, um, the emphatic – uh, you know, capper on the night was a was a pick six uh, by Dante Reese late in the fourth or midway through the fourth quarter, I should say that that put them up forty five to ten. This game was actually sixteen to ten at one point in the third quarter. Woodrow Wilson had kicked a field goal. It looked like you know things were getting a little too close for comfort. You know, Frisco hadn't scored in over a quarter lengths of time since early in the second quarter. It was midway through the third by this point. Uh, then they just came alive once again. Kari Green. Uh, was great in this one. You had six different raccoons run the football in this one. That is nothing new. Uh, and, you know, one of the biggest storylines that I haven't even gotten to on my rapid reaction is it was the first ever win for Jeff Harbert in the Jeff Harbert era. Uh, he takes over uh, for Vance Gibson 
uh, who spent the last 14 years as a head coach at Frisco. But Harbert has been there. He's been in the program. He's been uh, a coordinator. He's been high up there in the ranks in, in this coaching staff. So he knows the ins and outs of this Frisco program. So it's not like they had someone completely new come in. But, you know, he comes in and, and in his new role as head coach. He gets a game ball after the game. Uh, one of the assistant coaches gave it to him when I was talking to him. I said, hey, coach, who are you giving that ball to? And he, he was like, well, I, I guess it's for me. <laughs> First ever um, uh, victory as a head coach. Big shout out, big congrats to head coach Jeff Harbert. Frisco Raccoons, they improved to 1-0. and Next week they have – uh, a tough task. Uh, they play a 4A program, but a 4A program that has loads of talent. And Melissa, another team that beat Frisco last year. And as you remember, Frisco started the year off 0-2 a year ago and then obviously went on and made that you know terrific run through the district season and, and went on to make the playoffs just a year removed from going winless. So uh, a strong sign. Uh, for this Frisco program, you know, to win this game, especially the way they did against a uh, Woodrow Wilson ball club, um, it, you know, this this team looks good. You know, def- the, a lot of guys play both ways, and that, that that was the same last year. And from what I saw tonight, you know, a lot of guys, Dante Reese, Bryson Clemens, and Chase Lowry, these guys are, you know, playing linebacker slash cornerback, also running the football. The the best players, they're seeing time on both sides of the field, and they're making plays. Uh, we'll see how Frisco can react, you know, later on in the season when they're down to start a game. They were never down in this game. They, you know, from the opening jump, from that opening, you know, kickoff that turned into a safety a couple plays later, you know, they were, you know, they were up 16 to nothing by a blink of an eye in this one. Uh, so we'll see how they respond, you know, later in the season when, you know, when they're facing a deficit. But as of now, they this team is firing on all cylinders. And with uh, Kari Green, you know, running the show, uh, kind of a dual threat quarterback there. Uh, he scored a rushing touchdown and he threw for two more uh, tonight. He, he adds a different element to this Frisco team. So we'll see what they can do uh, next week against Melissa. But as for tonight, that wraps this one up for, for tonight's Rapid Reaction. Um, once again, Frisco wins 45-17. Make sure to stay tuned tomorrow night when I'm at another good one uh, for uh, Salina hosting Frisco Memorial. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.